0: Abby Olusanya is the founder of a beauty subscription box catering to black women in the EU, gettheblackbox.co. After arriving in Copenhagen from London three years ago, it did not take long for her to be frustrated with not finding cosmetics and personal care products for her skin tone and hair type locally. But even before arriving in Denmark, Abby had already tried a handful of beauty subscription boxes. And needless to say, she found them to be lacking in one aspect or another. And so, she finally decided to start her own. Armed with a business degree, experience with startups, and a whole lot of determination, she dived into her project headfirst, and today she has her own business and a growing subscriber base. Welcome to Episode 5 of Shades and Layers. I'm your host, Hikuanos Kosana Ritchie, and my conversation with Abby starts with her talking further on her experience with subscription boxes.
1: You know, I would receive eyebrow products that were kind of gray on my skin tone, (laughs) um, blushes that even though the colors were nice, they'd be a bit ashy. It just wasn't quite right. And I just thought, why am I spending? I would give them feedback as well. Like I I would say, hey, I know I'm not the only, (laughs) I can't be the only black person subscribed to you. So I can, but I can tell you that from my experience, this doesn't quite, it's not quite there. Um, Mm. Like You know, what? And then they would respond and say, you know, we try our hardest to personalize each box and we'll try harder in the future. And that was always their response. So, you know, after a year or two years, it's the same thing. And you're like, OK, I need to stop giving you my money
2: now because. <laughs> do you think it's really... because the do you think it's because there wasn't enough interest uh, from uh, black customers uh, with those companies? I mean, what do you think some of the challenges were which made it easy for you to create a black box.
1: Mm, I think for me personally, I know that one one of the box companies, they actually asked me to work with them to create, you know, photos that they could use for the profile for people to sign up. So it was like you're trying to they knew that there was an audience that wanted this mm-hmm. and they were trying to attract them by showing, you know, people that they could relate to on their platform um right. and then you know they did that and then so I, I think they know the audience is there and they were trying but they just almost didn't I don't know if they didn't try hard enough or they didn't realize that you, it's not one but one one size fits all for, right. for everyone and you actually have to differentiate a bit more um and actually like put a bit more effort into trying things or or providing a, or getting a range of products that can actually fit the scope of the audience you're trying to fit um, and I think they just, yeah, I don't think they tried hard enough. So I, I think, yeah, that that's kind of what made it easy for me to, to step in because the, 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 the other beauty subscription boxes that are on, are available for black women, you know, they're very centered on a particular area. There's no one else quite in this general beauty space, um, that is actually tailored or like effective for black women. There are, you know, big subscription boxes, you've got Birchbox, but even they do like a one-off, you know, October Black History Month, they'll do boxes for black women,
2: but Oh wow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I mean, their products that I'm sure that, you know, they're okay, like they're not they they might hit the mark here and there, but it's not a consistent experience. You'll open the box and you'll feel, okay, what am I going to get that I can use this time or what can I give away to my friends?
2: Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's but its uh, is, is it uh, easy to strike a balance between, you know, uh, what it costs you to put it together and how much you retail for when it's a customized business like you have?
1: Yeah, that's that's the tricky thing. I think, you know, I was looking around at what other boxes, their price points and what differentiates us for them and how much would people be willing to pay. And it it is tricky because because it's customized. That means you're not buying everything in in like huge numbers, mm. you know. But because you're buying this this many of this product and this different product, yeah. but you're buying a huge amount. But it's just not it, you won't get the huge discounts that you get if you buy everything in bulk. So I definitely had to kind of trial and error and see you know what what could. How much can I, like, how, what could our budget be? And then based on that, how much should we charge to cover that budget so we can keep bringing out the next box? Um, so at first, obviously, I invested my own money to kind of get everything started and to, to have that freedom to try and test things. And mm. even if it didn't go well, like, it's fine. I wanted to, to, to do that myself. But then going forward, okay Mm. so this this is the the foundation that we can see that we have experienced now so based on this what should we do next um and of course as well speaking to subscribers what do you think about the pricing should we do it differently our pricing was slightly actually different it was the same price but the um the payment methods were slightly different at the beginning and so it was like okay you know it's 350 kroner for a box but I, it would be easier if I could just pay that monthly so then we just said okay well you can pay half of that each month I mean it comes out every two months so right <laughs> you can, okay. you know, so you can break it up that way so it, it was kind of yeah a bit of experience and testing and seeing what the actual cost would be, and then speaking to subscribers who subscribed, and and then um, what the, you know, asking them what their friends thought, or every, trying to reach out to as many people as possible, and then okay, this is kind of how we can be in the middle.
2: Mm. And yeah. how long did it take you from idea to launching? Um,
1: I would say. Yeah, I'd say I had the idea probably early 2019 Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until August that I started actually doing anything about it. Um, I was just kind of like getting frustrated with the (laughs) the boxes that I was receiving and then I think one month I just, I was like, this is, I've had enough now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, how did you workshop it? Who did you go to for support? Uh, You know, who was willing to give you their products, etc.?
1: I just, I just did everything online. I just started, you know, doing a lot of research. How do you start a subscription box? What do you need to do? Looked for black owned companies um, and then reached out to them. Hey, I'm start I'm starting a subscription box. You know, I'd love to, to use some of your products in, in, you know, the promo photos or something. And just to kind of get to the next step mm. uh, rather than like discussing with them. Would you be interested in something like this? It's like, I want to use your products. And then I can see like, okay, cool. That sounds really interesting. So I can already then have a lot of companies that I want to reach out to and already kind of have spoken to in the past. Um, right. And then, yeah, so that was kind of how that started. Um, mm. just a lot of research and in terms of my support system I mean Nicole that you just saw in the background <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's been a huge support for me um, and of course my friends like one of my best friends I told her about this like right at the beginning I mean I would be venting to her you know my frustrations just since I've since before um starting so then when I told her she was like well it's about time <laughs> <laughs> awesome
2: <laughs> it's nice but uh, now that uh, you're going as a business, um, you know, what uh, What does your day-to-day look like?
1: Yeah, it's very, it's, it's interesting because it, it it doesn't change so much anymore. It's kind of become that repetitive, um, repetitive become quite repetitive. So now I say like, you know, I check, like reply to emails and depending on where we are in the month. So right now um, we're coming up to, uh, we just launched another box in May. And so now we're working on collecting feedback um, from the people who have received their boxes already. Next week, we have the next batch of the May boxes going out. So Mm -hmm. this week we'll be collecting feedback. Next week will be more logistics, making sure shipping and everything is running smoothly, answering any questions that come in. And then all all the way through, still looking or, you know, creating partnerships for the next box which is in July <laughs> so that's yeah so kind of do a little bit for the next box and then what's happening now with the current box and where are uh, what do we need to be doing with our subscribers so, yeah
2: mm-hmm. and uh, are you growing fast
1: I think we are I think we started off kind of relatively slow mm-hmm. I, I almost expected it to be like a big <laughs> you know boost of of enthusiasm from everyone but it was actually slow and I think that that's that actually like that in my favor a bit um because then there right. was time for us to speak to only a handful of people and then a couple more when they were joining a few more at a time to really figure out okay what made you subscribe at this point and well you know how is this different is this kind of what can we do to improve that for the next person mm. um and so now it's becoming more of a steady growth um that we can now predict you know by the end of the year we want to have x amount of Subscribers And we can get there if we do this. Yeah. So it's now become a lot more data driven. But yeah, at the beginning, it was very slow. Um, But I'd say that we're growing. Yeah, we are growing definitely steadily now, which is good.
0: It takes a lot of courage to start your own business. Once you've started, there are loads of moving pieces to balance, especially if the business is a side hustle. Abby talks about all of that and the philosophy behind gettheblackbox.co. She also has a mission to support black-owned skin and hair care brands.
2: Mm. How are you enjoying the entrepreneurial life? Is is this your first venture?
1: It is. It is my first on my own. Um, I recently, or before to this, I was um, part of the founding team of a of a company called Connecting Africa through Science and. Um, that was like, that was very much a lot in the early stages of a lot of research and, and kind of reaching out to people that we thought would be in our audience and asking them questions. So that definitely helped me with this, doing it on my own and not being afraid to kind of put myself out there
2: (laughs) Mm. Um,
1: because I kind of already did a little bit. And again, that was on my own. I wasn't working for anyone. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't my responsibility to do it, but by doing it anyway, you kind of get that, that, get over that um fear a little bit more mm. um, and then now I was just like yeah well you like who cares <laughs> <laughs> you know no one cares everyone's living their life just do what you need to do um so yeah I'd say I'd say so far it's been because of that that fear wasn't really a factor in this in the box but it's been like incredibly educational for me I um I because I kind of did everything on my own, besides the support from my friends, my family. Um, I, I had to learn everything, and I think it was there was no rush either. So I could take my time to mm. learn how to build a website, how to do you know all the online things and social media, and this mm. and that. And I could kind of lay the foundation, or at least lay the foundation of my understanding, so that even if now more people join the team. I kind of understand at least and the, the foundation, and they can bring their expertise on top of that to make it even better. Mm. Um, so, so it's been incredibly educational, and I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, actually. <laughs>
2: mm. Mm. Yeah. And uh, what what are your ambitions for the Black Box?
1: Um, I think it's 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 more of how we can impact the entire Black community. Um, right now, obviously, we have. The the black box and it's aimed at black women. Um, but our vision would be kind of to make that all or ever, anyone in the black community feel cared for um, and appreciated. Um, and we we have a self care angle, but there is also a lot more to self care than just beauty. But mm-hmm. it, it, so there's a lot of different areas that the box can kind of impact someone's life. But our actual vision is more yeah making sure anyone in the black community can feel cared for whether they want to do that through beauty then we have the you know a product for that right now and of course in the future then that leaves open a lot of different products and areas that we can also um create new things for
2: okay well. so you're looking yeah. at uh, other services to expand the business
1: yeah absolutely i mean i'm not sure when that's going to come about but you know like you just get ideas in your head like that would be really cool to try and do sure uh, yeah definitely definitely
2: yeah You mentioned, you know, everyone in the black community feels cared for. Mm -hmm. And one of the things uh, that uh, has been uh, important about um, Black Box, well, at least looking from the outside, is that all your products are supplied by black-owned businesses. Mm. Yeah. So if you can just uh, touch on that and uh, if those are easy to find in the first place. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's actually, it's quite an interesting one because we're now dedicating more time to find um, more black-owned businesses in other areas besides the UK <laughs> mm, mm. or the US it's like it's quite difficult to find them outside of the UK and the US but you know we've been looking into it and it's I think we think it's just the the kind of English language we're looking at everything in English right um, whereas their websites aren't in English their websites you know would be in German in French Spanish and we just need to spend more time actually you know trying to find um, things in their native language um, I came across one from Think Belgium, and it was in French, Mm. Um, and so I was like, "Oh, (laughs) right,
2: right." Because I'm googling everything. Actually, yeah, Um, yeah. Good point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's been difficult so far, but I, I hope it's going to get a lot easier once we start, you know, doing that. But it, 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 In terms of finding the businesses so far, it, it hasn't been too difficult because, you know, there are a lot in the UK. A lot in the UK. We did um, partner with. Two brands from the US, I think, for our, for our first box, and now obviously with COVID nineteen everything, we're just going to stick to Europe for the time being because we don't know the delays and things like that that could come.
2: Yeah, um, have so you been uh, made... affected a lot by that?
1: Not really, actually. I mean, in terms of our shipping to to subscribers, I th- we had a March box, and I think we just got the first batch out right before kind of everything um was like closed for a couple of weeks and then the next batch went out at the end of the month and things were starting to open again so there was a little bit of a delay for just a few a few of the boxes um but not that much and that was pretty much right. the only thing everything else was you know we got the products in in april and we'll get the products in for july in the next couple of weeks so we we luckily kind of missed,
2: <laughs> yeah, missed yeah, of great, yeah 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 Fantastic. I just want to go back to, you know, sourcing of uh, products uh, from within the EU. And uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned it's easier to find Black-owned businesses in the UK and the US. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings me to the question of, you know, I mean, that the logical thing would be, okay, uh, maybe I need to be close to my suppliers. I'll move back to the UK where I'm from mm-hmm. and start my business. Uh, why in Denmark? Why did you stay? Mm.
1: Well... Yeah, I think with it was more the frustration that I felt here mm. and not being able to access those products as easily as I would in the UK. And so that kind of got me thinking, yeah, like, how could I combine um, everything? So other black women who are in countries where they don't have those products physically in stores, they mm. would also be interested in something like this in the uk it's definitely a bit more a bit more of a luxury than than a need mm. Uh, mm. whereas here or in belgium or germany it would be more of a more of a need it's not like a necessity <laughs> you know? right it's still more of a need than it would be in, in the uk so i think also being being here definitely helps with that and of course like with suppliers um i'm I'm almost glad that we didn't like I didn't want to go back to the u k obviously with brexit and everything
2: happening <laughs> like, oh, <no. laughs> Woo, yes, this dead. <laughs> <laughs> crazy times yes
1: (laughs) but then being in the in denmark like i'm still in the eu so i can easily um partner with anyone else in other countries and again that's also why we want to spend a lot more time looking for black owned businesses in in germany and france and other countries within europe besides Mm -hmm. the UK. yeah
2: yeah so is this your full-time job now black box No so
1: I work part-time for a a startup um, as the head of growth there and then every the rest of my time I work on the black box so it's it's Mm -hmm. been (laughs) it's a lot but it's like it's fun at the same time Um, I really enjoy working on on the black box so it doesn't feel like I'm working it's just sure yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: so you're still quite involved with the startup uh, community locally
1: yeah yeah I, I kind of I think there's a lot. I love the ecosystem in Copenhagen. Um, there's a lot of of startups and a lot of talent here as well. That they'll put on talks and um, webinars, obviously now. <laughs> and, sure. Um, there's just a lot of information and edu- and you can educate yourself so well and learn from really cool people. So I like that aspect because it again, I really like to challenge myself and learn things about anything. So I, I can just tune in to what someone else is doing and. I think it's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the ecosystem here.
2: Do you think that contributes your approach or contributes to the success of uh, an entrepreneurial venture?
1: Definitely. I think um, where I am now, like with growth, it's a lot of data. And I've had to throughout, you know, I haven't necessarily had a straightforward career path, but I've found kind of my my love for data along the way, um, which has led to where I am now. So now with the box everything I do is almost data driven and mm. I want to I be I'm so curious about everything but I also want to get like hard facts and hard numbers about it and mm. then to understand it better and to predict things as well so that has definitely impacted like my entrepreneurial journey so far um, where I'll actively try and find the numbers on something before i move forward (laughs) right you know take risks and all of that but if i can and they're there somewhere i should definitely I i definitely use it to my advantage yeah yeah
2: yeah and do you have a lot of peers in the beauty industry within this ecosystem
1: not in denmark so much no but in terms of just like friends who like beauty definitely but in the uk i have a few friends who are like beauty um People, editors you know they write mm. about beauty a few, mm-hmm. a few friends who are influencers but they use a lot of beauty products and people value their advice so definitely le- leaned on them a lot at the beginning um, in terms of like how <laughs> what, mm. what kind of product should we be looking for and still now like I'll speak to them what do you think about this have you tried this and they'll give me brands that they think are black owned brands that they've come across that like they've, they've d- done this really cool thing so it, it works really well to have them for sure
2: yeah
0: Honestly, I could speak to her for ages. We are now reaching the final part of Shades and Layers, and in this section, we get to know the woman behind GetTheBlackbox.co, Abi Olusanya. First, she talks about her skincare routine.
1: Um, which is just a double cleanse, and then um, a toner, a moisturizer, an oil, um, and yep. sunscreen. <laughs> okay. Every day, yeah and so that's kind of I love doing that it just feels so calming it's it's almost yeah it's like I look forward to it it's almost what gets me out of bed in the morning (laughs) because I'm like I can I can do my thing this morning and I'm just so excited and then I'll switch it up and try new products and so that I love doing that yeah I definitely have this skincare
2: for sure oh that's great it sounds very sensible you know yeah yeah yeah, exactly yeah (laughs) And are uh, some of your favorite products or what's your obsession at the moment?
1: Yeah, that's a good question right now. I'm loving the, um, the oil cleanser. Of course, these are going to be products from, <laughs> from previous boxes, but I've been using them for so for quite a while, but I really like the, um, Isang's ah. oil cleanser. um, yeah, they, they're, a, I'm sure Well, they're a yes. brand here in Denmark and they have this oil cleanser. That's just, it feels so good. It's almost like a, yeah, it just feels so good and it just easily takes off everything. And I mean the price point is not bad at all. I think it's like a hundred and something krona, but it's like it's really nice and it's so thick it lasts for ages. I've been using it wow. since March and I'm not even like anywhere near the bo- the bottom, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's I really, really enjoy that. Um another one is the the moisturizer, the face moisturizer. I use that every day from our Maybox. Um but actually a product that's not in any of our boxes is the um there's a Lancome body body lotion. I forget the name, but it's in this, like, yellow bottle. It smells right. so good. <laughs> it smells so good. But I use that, yeah, I use that every day, just everywhere else. But I'm hoping to find, like, a black owned yeah. alternative to that.
2: Because... <laughs> yes. <that's... laughs> yeah, that yeah. But uh, what about makeup? I mean, uh, do you find uh, that there's uh, a lot of people making shades uh, for for black skin uh, within the beauty industry, or is it just all, you know, um, yeah, personal care products?
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely more... more focus on having a wider range for black women. I mean since Fenty came out with yep. their foundations a couple of years ago everyone else has yeah. done the same. <laughs> Some of them haven't done it nearly as great as Fenty did and it's just obvious that they're copying her but we can't really complain either because there's it's like
0: more
2: we're yeah.
1: complaining that there isn't enough for us and now everyone is making it we can't be like why are you just copying <laughs> Fenty now they sure want to do it too you know. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot more for us in terms of makeup. Um, and that's kind of another reason why I focus on Black-owned brands because they're not just doing it now because it's trendy. They've been doing mm. it since the beginning. Um, so we're kind of working, you know, with the brands that have had us in their, in their mm. minds the whole time. Um, and we don't, we, yeah, we don't, they they knew, they knew the value of us before everyone else did. So, um yeah so I think yeah there's definitely more beauty products for us and it's just more about I think now there's just more to test with and to find out and different price points so there's something that can fit everyone um but in Denmark I mean they won't yeah. <laughs> they might not make it onto the shelves here but yeah at least they're yeah. online so yeah. Up,
2: yeah great so now on a more personal uh you know attitude approach etc and uh, just your lifestyle in general what what do you like about Copenhagen what do you do?
1: Hmm. I like, um, I like, I, I grew up in a town called
2: I was born
1: actually. Yeah. So it's, it's really near, near, um, it's kind of like quiet. (laughs) And then I moved to London and it was super busy. Um, and so I found Copenhagen to be like a good middle. It's not quiet in the sense that it's like, it's dead. There's nothing Mm. to do. There's a lot to do, but there isn't so much going on all the time. Um, there's periods where it's like, there's a lot going on, but it's not all the time. You don't feel like you're missing out if you're staying in, indoors, um, like you would if you're in London and everyone's doing <laughs> something every day. <laughs> um, so I really like that. It's a lot more relaxed here. Um, and I kind of like, I I, I like that, <laughs> this is really random, but I kind of like the, I mean, well, it's not random, but the work-life kind of balance that mm-hmm. they promote here. I think, um, and i've seen i've worked in quite a few startups and i've seen the differences in startups but one thing i've always seen in big organizations is that there is a focus on on that work life balance and the wellness of the employees or like their mental health and just physically how they're feeling um and being able to take that time for yourself mm. as well this might not apply to to you know everyone's um workplace in denmark but I, what I've experienced is I've seen a really good attitude towards it where it's not, you know, in London, you can't ask for a day off because, well, you can, but you know, you have to be somewhere that, that you're like, I know that they will allow this. Whereas here,
2: yeah. you, know, so yeah. like,
1: <laughs> you know, I'm going through some stuff right now. I need to take like a day and are like, come back when you're, you know, there's no point in you being here if you're not actually going to sure. focus. Whereas yeah, other places it might not be as, straightforward as that. So I really I really like that aspect. Uh, and I think a lot of other businesses mm, could it's quite humane. Um, <laughs> take that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Exactly.
2: Good. And I guess you're here to stay. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turn good, good. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> good. And one last thing, um if you can tell me what makes you feel beautiful.
1: Mm, I love that question oh that's a good question it makes me feel beautiful this is going to sound really cheesy but I think it'll be smiling or like I don't know if, I don't know if that kind of
2: you have a beautiful question, smile you
1: know so. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> I just feel like, yeah, when I'm smiling, I feel great. <laughs> I feel great. I laugh at everything, clearly. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm almost smiling all the time. Um, and I really like that. I think I like that about myself. It makes me feel good yeah. to, to make. And it also makes others, you know, when someone's smiling, they're a lot more welcoming and it just makes other, other people uh, be at ease and, and things like that. So I say that's what kind of makes me feel mm. so beautiful. Mm. That's a great question.
2: Great. Well, I have to say thank you very much for sharing your story and uh, your entrepreneurial journey with uh, Shades yeah, and thanks Layers. thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. And that is
0: all for today. Thank you once again for listening. Please remember to like or subscribe if you haven't already and spread the word about Shades and Layers. Until next time, take good
2: care.